Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet journalist Adam Davidson, father and daughter co-authors David Meerman Scott and Rako Scott, and entrepreneur Jordan Rayner. Step into the audio booth with these authors and hear their unique perspectives on the economy, innovation, and work. Plus, find out who has attended 75 Grateful Dead concerts. Enjoy. Hi, this is Adam Davidson, author of The Passion Economy, The New Rules for Thriving in the 21st Century. I wrote my book because I had spent the last many years writing about financial crises. I was a reporter covering the big financial crisis, the Great Recession, the earthquake in Haiti. And I spent so much time learning about ways in which our economy was broken. But throughout that time, I kept meeting these people who had figured out how to thrive in an economy that so many others found terrifying and depressing. I started keeping track of these people, an accountant, an Amish family, and I found them inspirational. I realized that these were people who had figured something out that I thought so many people would want to know about, but it wasn't out there. So many business books, and I enjoy them, are written from the perspective of billionaire CEOs, wildly successful people who went to the best schools and had the best opportunities. And I thought, people would love to hear about regular folks who had sort of cracked the code of the 21st century economy, who had figured out on their own how to succeed when so many others were failing. So it was a simple idea. I wanted to tell their stories, learn lessons from them, and share them with other people. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be humbling. It's odd, but in the process of writing a book, you never just sit back and take in the entire book as a whole. First, you're just researching and typing and writing. Then you're deep in edits, trying to make each chapter work a little bit better. Then you're in production time, trying to get the book ready to be printed. And it's just in reading the audiobook that for the very first time, I actually go from the first word on the first page to the last word on the last page and read it all out loud. And it was thrilling, terrifying, and humbling. It made me realize what this whole book was in a way that I hadn't had the opportunity to do beforehand. I realized I had trouble pronouncing Epoch? Epic? E-P-O-C-H. That, that one still catches me. There are a bunch of names I have no idea how to pronounce. There's the big international company Unilever. Unilever. <laughs> I will say that the directors were great, and we actually found every word and pronounced it correctly, I believe. I'm excited that listeners will experience this book as an audiobook. I am an audio guy. I spent much of my career in radio, writing scripts for radio, reading things into microphones. And I mostly consume books as audiobooks. I probably listen to, I don't know, five or ten books for every one book I actually sit down and read. It's how I prefer to experience books, and it makes me really excited that people will be able to hear this book with me reading it. That was something that was absolutely crucial for me from the beginning. I have to read this book. For me, 
it just wouldn't make any sense to let anyone else read it. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I think I would cast Jason Blummer. He's a character in my book, and he was so central to me figuring out this whole way of thinking. And I really like his voice. It's a southern twang, very different from my New York voice. He's from upstate South Carolina. But it's a good voice, and it's a straightforward voice. He has his own, actually two podcasts, Businessology and The Thrivecast. And his voice is really in my head as I think through the ideas in this book. So I think Jason Blummer, not a superstar. I guess if I had to pick someone really famous, I'd go with Bruce Springsteen because I'm a lifelong Springsteen fan. And I thought he did such an amazing job. And then I guess if I have to name an actor, I have to name my father, Jack Davidson. I listen to two or three audiobooks a week, at least. I walk to work listening to audiobooks. I ride the subway listening to audiobooks. When I'm on a long-distance flight, which I am a lot, I often spend the entire flight listening to audiobooks. So there are so many audiobooks that I have loved. I'm right now reading one by my friend Andrew McAfee called More From Less. I really am enjoying that. I just read a great book called The Content Trap by Bharat Anand, a professor at Harvard. I do listen to a lot of business audiobooks, I will be honest. I also listen to a lot of history. I don't listen to fiction. I read fiction. Not sure why that is, but I love audiobooks. Well, my favorite place to listen to audiobooks is all over New York City. I walk a lot, and I always have an audiobook going when I'm walking around. I also really like when I'm on a plane and I just can close my eyes and listen to an audiobook for the whole flight. If it's a six-hour flight, I can listen to most of a lot of, or at least half of a lot of audiobooks, and then probably finish it up on the way back. New York City is a great audiobook town because you're walking around, you're riding the subway. It's a great place to listen to audiobooks. And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. Countless books explain how to be the CEO of a massive corporation or how to create a Silicon Valley startup that will make you unimaginably rich. There are so many books that recount how once-in-a-generation geniuses made their fortune. But there are so few books about the kinds of folks I was discovering, those who looked at a terrifying economy and found a clear path to stability and wealth when all around them their peers were anxious. Hi, this is David Meerman Scott. I'm co-author of Fanocracy, turning fans into customers and customers into fans. And this is Reiko Scott. So a lot of people ask me, what is with you writing a book with your daughter, Reiko? This has been a critically important part of Fanocracy because I'm a middle-aged white guy and I have my fandoms. And Reiko is a millennial woman She's a neuroscientist. She's in medical school. She loves many different things than I do. So us writing this book together as co-authors and reading the book together as co-narrators makes it a much stronger book than if I had tried to write it myself. I wrote Fanocracy because I recognized that in the online world, people were doubling down and sending yet another tweet, yet another Facebook post, yet another email. 
and there wasn't true human connection anymore. What people were doing to try to promote their business was just focus on generating attention for the sake of attention. At the same time, I recognized that I am a huge passionate fan of the music world. I've seen over 780 live music shows in my life. I've seen The Grateful Dead 75 times. I talked with my daughter, Reiko, who is a huge Harry Potter fan. She's not only read all the books and seen all the movies multiple times, but she also has been to Orlando, Florida, to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. She's been to London to go to the studio where they filmed Harry Potter. And she wrote a 90,000-word alternative ending to the Harry Potter series. So we recognized that on one hand, there's all this digital chaos in the world where people are using the channel in an inhumane way. Well, here we were, passionate fans of things. And we thought, maybe we should collaborate to write a book on how to grow passionate fans. So we worked for five years to interview hundreds of people about what they're a fan of, and hundreds of entrepreneurs and business owners and marketing people and CEOs about how they've built fans for their business. So this book is about fandom culture. It's about how being a fan can help you to live a more passionate life. There are a number of sections in the audiobook where we have medical terms. So fortunately, Reiko, who's a fourth-year medical student, read all of those. So I didn't even have to think about how to pronounce some of those crazy medical terms. For me, it wasn't the big words that I had trouble pronouncing, but rather the long sentences with a lot of little words that I just fumbled over every time. Yeah, those were the worst. <laughs> Who is my dream narrator, living or dead? So despite the fact that it's in first person and it should, you know, probably be someone closer to who I am as an Asian American young woman, my dream narrator would probably be Ben Wishaw, just because I am absolutely obsessed with him. And he's my favorite actor, and I could listen to his voice forever. So maybe if I were to cast him, I would be able to meet him one day. <laughs> I'm super excited that listeners will learn about my massive fandom for live music. I've been to nearly 800 live music concerts in my life. I was the only photographer at Bob Marley's last concert. These things get me super excited. It's my totally my passion. So putting some of those things into my audiobook and being able to read that was so exciting for me, and I can't wait for people to have an opportunity to hear about what I'm a fan of. Because when you're aware of how other people react to fandoms, when you get more of a sense of your own fandom experience and what you're truly passionate about, it's easier for you to create the kind of company or product or service or idea that sparks passion and creates fans in others. The last audiobook I listened to that I loved was Ronan Farrow's Catch and Kill. It was great because he was reading it and he has a history of doing audio performance by just doing his work on TV. So he's good at it, but also him reading his own story was like so intense and so like I got so into it. I was 
in the car and kind of not paying attention to the road as much as I should have because I was just too engrossed in the world that he was talking about and also just such an important story to tell. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car or on the subway just any time that I'm commuting. I go to a lot of different hospitals in my medical school life and so early in the morning or when I'm tired coming home just audiobooks are the best way for me to step away from the work that I was just doing and actually enjoy my commute. And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. My new rules of marketing and PR introduce new perspective to the future of marketing. It described the enormous and far-reaching power I saw with social media. That was back in the days when MySpace was more popular than Facebook and Snapchat and Instagram didn't yet exist. Hi, I'm Jordan Rayner. I'm the author of Master of One, Find and Focus on the Work You Were Created to Do. In one word, describe my audiobook experience. I'll give two words. One is energizing, because it's made me more energized for the launch of this book, rereading it, and totally de-energizing, is that a word? Exhausting. I've never been more tired in my life. So yeah, two words. There you go. Master of One is a pretty personal book for me. It started with a question, as a Christian, how do I do my most exceptional work in the world as a means of loving my neighbor as myself, as a means of serving the world? And I've come to find in interviewing dozens of world-class masters of their crafts and through lots of study of academic literature and business literature that the path to doing our most exceptional work is the path of less but better. It's about focusing more and more in our careers. Being a jack of all trades, maybe, that's well and good, but not being satisfied being a master of none. Picking a lane, committing to something, doubling down on it and saying, this is the thing that I'm going big on, that I'm going to master because I believe my work's important. I believe that work is how we serve the world. So the seed of this for me was just a lot of personal questions about the need for focus and the need to do even better work in service of the world. Narrating my audiobook was 10 times harder than I expected. So I'm a huge audiobook fan. I listen to audiobooks quite a bit. I've always wanted to narrate my own. But yeah, this is just way more tiring. You stand up and read for, you know, six hours straight. It's an exhausting process, but I've loved it. It really has made me more energized for the book. So I'm glad I did it. What was surprising about this experience how long my sentences are, that was shocking. I think the next time I write a book, I'll be much more cognizant of sentence like because when you're reading out loud, you just get lost in your own words and you forget where you're at. And it's easy to read on the page, but it doesn't translate that well in audio. So I'm excited to write the next book to be more cognizant of that. There's a section of the book where I talk about La Sagrada Familia, the world's largest church, this incredible church that Antony Gaudí, I didn't know how to pronounce Gaudí, I can say that, but in the Gaudí architected and built, there were quite a few words in that section of the book, given that the setting is Barcelona, Spain, that I, even though I'm somewhat Hispanic, couldn't figure out how to pronounce. So that was fun. I'm excited for listeners to hear my passion for this project 
how much I believe in this idea and believe that this idea is like really, really critical for us to understand in order to do our most exceptional work. And I'm excited for them to hear how personal this is for me. Again, I mean, this is not an autobiography by any stretch of the imagination, but it is autobiographical, right? Like there are some heavy elements of my story that really shape this project. So I'm excited for listeners to hear the true heart behind the project. I love when authors read their own audiobooks. I think it makes all the difference in the world. So I'm really excited for listeners to hear that. I think the best produced audiobook I heard was George W. Bush reading the biography he wrote of his father, Bush 41. There's no better example of an author reading their own work. It was so personal for Bush 43 to write about Bush 41. And you could hear him choking up at certain instances of the book. It's beautiful. I mean, it's a short audiobook. It's a pretty short biography. Not the best biography ever written in the world, but a good one just made exceptionally great by George W. Bush personally reading it. So I think it's just nerdy that you would have a favorite narrator of audiobooks. Like, I don't think, like, anybody in the world, like, normal people, quote-unquote normal people, have favorite audiobook narrators. Maybe they do. Mine is Lloyd James. I love this guy. I think he's based in New York. Lloyd narrates a lot of Tim Keller's books. Tim is my favorite author of all time. And so I love Lloyd James. I think he's incredible. If I could choose any person to narrate my audiobook, regardless of their professional voiceover talent. I should have a friend. His name's Robbie Cox. He is not a professional voiceover talent, but he's the greatest voice, like, ever. And anytime he reads, like, a church or anything, I'm like, oh, man, you need to be a professional voice actor. He's incredible. So I want to be the one that puts Robbie Cox on the voiceover map. I want my project to be Robbie Cox's, like, breakout hit. I didn't read much as a kid. I came to reading later in life as an adult. And actually, it was audiobooks that did it. When I was commuting to work, I was like, I have all this dead time. I'm going to start, quote unquote, reading. So it was audiobooks that like really sparked a love of reading. And really, it's no exaggeration to say that audiobooks sparked my love of reading and my career as a writer. I don't think I ever would have had a desire to write a book had I not been consuming so many books so rapidly. And now listen to a clip from the audiobook. Much like the other masters throughout this audiobook, Dungey's motivation for excellence in his work stem from something much deeper, more sustainable and God-honoring than the pursuit of fame, fortune, and trophies. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.